So the share today will once again deal with Enyona de Yoima. And in many shiurim I've been giving, I say, if Chazal teaches In the new edition of I discuss at great length and I brought many sources. Kolo Oiseik is not only by Kodshim, by Karbanis, but all mitzvahs are And all those mitzvahs, which one cannot perform, there are so many mitzvahs that one could perform only Bevesa Migdash. There are mitzvahs only Koyhanim have and others that Leviyam have. So when we deal with the most grave questions in Torah about Pikuach Nefesh, about war, Kodesh Bochu should help. It should be considered as if, as if, as if we are waging war and the Schus of Torah, Kodesh Bochu should be with us. So the question we will, just, we will be discussing today is fundamentally about Pidyon Shibuyim. One of the tragic consequences of this present war is the fact that more than 200 Yidin are hostage in the hands of our terrible, brutal, barbaric enemies. Never before that we have a situation like this. So in the past, we had one soldier in captivity, two, but more than 200 people are in enemy hands. And even though nobody is dealing with this publicly, but we will be discussing the halachic approach and I discussed this many times in the past, a few years ago when the Israeli government released hundreds of terrorists to bring one soldier home, Gilad Shalit. So let's us revisit this question. So the fundamental sugya is in Gitten of Memhe in the Mishnah. And this halacha deals with Pidya and Shavuim. When a Jew was in custody by the non-Jews, and Jews are the people that always cared for each other more than anyone else in the world. And the Mishnah says, And there's an apoy and the Gamora, two different interpretations. What does Tikkun Oila mean? Does it mean that there are only limited public funds? And if you will pay a horrendous price, more than a reasonable price, then that will encourage them to take more Jews into captivity. And the civil won't be able to, to pay that price. We have other needs. We need to care for the Aniyam and the Abiyanim and Talmud and Achmas Skala. Or maybe, is it not Mishum Dochet but we don't want to encourage the Goyim 
to snatch more Jews away from their homes. And if they will be making a lot of money, that will encourage them to do it again. Then Afghaminu would be, well, we don't need any public funds. The family is willing to pay whatever the Goyim asked for. If it's Mishim Dochid Sabura, we won't intervene. Let the family pay whatever they wish to get their loved ones home. If it's at the Kona de la Liga of Evelaisa, we're afraid that they will be encouraged to do it again, then we will prevent the family from doing so. Asking in accordance with the opinion de la Ligravu Belaisu. So let's have a look at the Shulchan Aruch. Sifei. Sif Dalad, actually. Ain poidem is a shuim, yoisem kedede meemishum tiken u oilam. Shiloi. Yoho oivim. Now, there are exceptions, as the Shulchan Aruch writes, if the person is a great Talmud Chochem, or even he's not a great Talmud Chochem yet, but he's a young scholar and ilui. Talmud Chorev, Ve'efshar, Odom Godel, What is this Arucha based on? ask from a different sugid of Nunches. And most of us remember the other sugid from Tishabo. We learned the sugid of Kamtsa and Bar Kamtsa. And the Gemorin Gitten of Nunches of Adalf tells the story of Rebishua ben Hananyot, who was notified. There's a young boy in captivity in the Romans' jail, in the Roman dungeon. And he seems to be a wonderful boy. And Abishua ben Hanani goes to visit him by the Romans. And Abishua ben Hanani asks him, And that young boy cries out from behind bars. And Abishua ben Hanani swears, Toysus asks, How does it fit in with the Mishnah? So there are three Tirusim in Toysus. That Meme and that Nun Ches. Let's have a look at the Toysus that Nun Ches. The page we are on right now. So Toysus writes, Lefisha Hoyu Muflag and uh, so Taisis Daf Memhei writes, and once again in Daf Nunches, Mishum de Muflag Bechachma Hayo. But Taisis also writes the first edits. Let's go back to Daf Inami Bishaz Chorben Abayis. Writes, when the Sakonas Nefoshes, it's a different rule. So we have three Terutsim in Taisis. 
we pay any price to save a person from death. Even though in Hechesadaka we learned that every Pidyan Shavuyim is defined as Pikuach Nefesh, but obviously there are different levels in Sakana. So one Teretz and says, Bishasachorim, there was Sakana Snafoshas, and therefore we pay any price. The other Teretz that we found, both Daf Memhei and Daf Nun Chesis, Talmud Chochem Shani. And Daf Memhei Teretz writes, Bishasachorim, this rule doesn't apply. Sosam Beloy Perish, why would Shasachorim be different? One could argue, in the times of Chorban, maybe we need to take into consideration the morale of the people. People were devastated, people were depressed. There was a real acute problem of motivating people to live, to fight. But both the Ramban and the Me'iri offer a different explanation. The Ramban says, and the media explains the same. In days of peace, we don't want to pay a horrendous price because that'll encourage the Goyim to take more people into custody. But in the days of hope, we were at their mercy anyway, and they did what they wanted. They killed, they rampaged, they, 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 they tortured us, and they took anybody into Chevy at their own will, and therefore... The rule applies. There is no cheshash of ligrabo velaiso, and we do our best to save as many as we can. If we go back to the Rambam and the Shochanoch, the Rambam and the Shochanoch do not differentiate between Sakana or no Sakana. And they both write that Talmud Chochem has a different din. So we have the Rambam. And therefore, the Rambam says, but if you're dealing with the Talmud Chachem, then we could even be Yosemikadeidameim and the Shulchan Aruch. We find the same. Throughout the ages, this was a very, very relevant question. And there was a Jewish youngster. It was Oivar Avera Namalchus. And we won't go into details exactly what was his crime. But he committed a crime being with a Muslim woman. And he was in jail. And his life was in danger. And the Madame Lablin was asked, do we raise money, a horrendous sum, to bring him out? And the Madame Lablin says, no. He rejects the terrors of Toysus for Mokam Sakon and Shani. And the Madame Lablin quotes the Shochanoch, the only reason, the only exception we have is a Talmud Chochem. And the Madame Lablin writes, it really makes no difference that he is to blame. Still, we will not take him out of jail paying a horrendous sum, which is unreasonable. And the Malamarabin also quotes Chubis Mahari violence in an Uf Mem Ches. 
So this was a machoikis between the greatest poiskim hundreds of years ago, going back almost 500 years. A hundred years later, we find an additional tshub in Knesset Yechezkel, once again dealing with a Jewish person that committed a crime and therefore he is in prison. And he totally agrees with the Maram Lablin and disagrees with the Beis Elo. And he paskins, even when a Jew's life is in Sakona, Dialogue still applies. Ain toidem is a shivon yoiser mikedet the main. Which brings us to the famous story of the Maharam Marotoburg. The Maharam Marotoburg, in his era, was the greatest poetic and the greatest teacher in Ashkenaz in Germany, going back nine hundred years, and that was a terrible time in our tortured history in Europe. The Christians were right of the They killed. And they tried to, to force Jews to convert to Christianity. And that was 200 years before the Spanish Inquisition. That was Germany. We don't know exactly why the Madame Rotterdam was taken into custody. There are different uh, versions, different opinions, different stories. But the fact is that two of his greatest Talmudim were murdered by the Christians. Hagos Memonios and the Mordechai. We learn their Torah every day, but not, not everybody is aware of this part of our painful history. The Mordechai and the Maram were murdered, and that is when the Rus fled. He ran away, he left Germany, and he moved to Spain. And he moved to Toledo, which today is known as Toledo. And then something unprecedented happened in the Mesodas of Halacha. Erash was an Ashkenazi, he was a Talmud of Manamarutumbo. And he arrived in Spain, he briefly met the Rashba. That Ashba was the leader of Safari Jewry in Spain, and he was in Barcelona. And the Ran was extremely inspired and is spoiled from this young Ashkenazi scholar. When the Rashba passed away, the Rashba became the undisputed Poisekan leader of Safari Jewry, even though he was an Ashkenazi, a Talmud of Maramarotubo. So the Rash fled Germany and he settled in Toledo. So Maram Rottenberg was in jail in the Einsheim fortress. And the Goyim demanded a ransom and they were willing to free him. And Maram Rottenberg said no. And he asked his Talmudim to raise the money because he was seven years in prison and he died in prison. And then 
They asked for money to free his body. Shema Gedolim Dechidah has a very lengthy biography of Maram Arotom Begin Seif Shema Gedolim. And he writes that Maram Rotenberg was many months, I think it was from Chodesh Iyar to Chodesh Odor, almost a year after his demise. His body was, by the way, took almost a year to raise the money and to free his body, Lekhura. Maram Rotenberg also calls the Seder Adoiris, and the Seder Adoiris has his version of the story. And then the Chidor brings an amazing climax to the story. There was a rich person in Nugget that donated the money to redeem Maram Arotobek's body and to bring him to Kaviyah's son. And the Maram Arotobek came to him, to him in a dream. And he said, he thanked him for bringing his body to Kaviyah's son. And he said, they offer him one of two options. Either a promise that he and his oldest his descendants will be rich, or he will pass away shortly and he will be And he preferred to be And he passed away shortly. And then the dream was he should be buried next to Maram Rotenburg. I visited the cave of Maram Rotenburg when I was at Worms in Germany. I don't know who was buried next to him because the other people there aren't really uh, intact. But the Marshal and Yamshel Shloimo Gitten Perik Dalet wonders. If the Shechan or Paskins, that a Talmud Chochem should be redeemed for any price, the Maram Rotenberg was the God of Lador. So why did he Paskin? And then the Marshal says, but maybe the Maram was such an honor that he didn't consider himself to be a God. But still, why didn't they agree they should bring him out for Bittul Torah? The Maram Arotomek had the greatest Talmidim in the world. The Rosh, Maram Arotomek, they were all his Talmidim, the, the Mordechai. And what about Bittul Torah? So the Marshal writes, when the Goyim have a Talmud Chochem in custody, they probably aren't aware who this person they have. And therefore we go out of our way and we'll pay any price to bring him out. But those that lacked that Maram Rotenberg were very well aware whom they have. And that is why they took him. Because he was the God of Lador. So Maram Rotenberg figured that they're going to pay a price to have him out then all the Gidoilam of the generation will be in danger. And that's an amazing svarah of the Marshal. Yes, to get a Talmud Chochem out of jail, we pay any price. Because Klal Yisrael needs Gidoilam. Klal Yisrael needs teachers. Klal Yisrael needs giants. Those are the ones that keep us going. They are Eneho Eida. 
But that is when the Goyim aren't aware why we are willing to pay this price. But in the case of Maram Arutomek, they knew. And they were aware that we're going to pay any price because he's the God Lador. And Maram Arutomek was afraid that he's jeopardizing and putting all the other Gedolim in danger. So that's the story of Maram but Arochalamaisa, what a significant is the Amsha Shlema writes, our meaning is to pay Yoisamikadeidameyim. And the Radbaz writes the same. And the Radbaz tries to explain why. But they do write the meaning is to pay Yoisamikadeidameyim. I want to make a point, and I think this entire Sogyan. It's not really entirely relevant when we are dealing with freeing hostages. And I want to explain why. In days of yore, whether it's the Mishnah or the Gemara, the story of Maramarotopok, it was all about money. It was all about money. They took Jews into custody because they demanded a ransom. The Maramarotopok wasn't tortured in prison. He actually died a natural death. Mes al He was in custody because the Goyim wanted money. And Chazal were concerned if we're going to pay any price, it's going to happen again and again and again. We are dealing with a totally different situation. We are dealing with the Goyim that want money. They are even benefesh. They are barbarians. They want to free terrorists. So for so many different reasons, that very same mission of the very same also says, which means we do not free those that were taken into captivity. We were not initiate the commando raid. We won't even break open their cell. And why is that? Because we don't want the Goyim to be crueler or give harsher treatment to the other Jews that might be in custody. So if we apply this mission to the present day situation, we would need to pass in you leave those Jews by the Hamas. Don't try to free them with any military operation. Don't give them what they ask. So what is the other option? Let those people be tortured and killed and murdered by the Hamas. So what I'm trying to explain for many reasons this is a totally different halacha. First of all, how do we define Kedai Demeyim? That Adbaz deals with this question. L'chayna, the times of the Mishnah, Kedai Demeyim means how much is the Evid worth? People bought slaves. So if a Jew is taken into custody, it depends how old he is. Is he a young and strong man? Is he an old man? What's his price tag to sell in the slave market? In American history, slaves were sold down the Mississippi, if anybody of you knows. I don't know 
whether you read Uncle Tom's Cabin or American literature about the world of slaves. And so that Abad, that Abad asks, how do we define Kedai Demeyan? In our time, there is no longer a slave market. The Maram Lublin in his days in Poland, they didn't say slaves. So that Abbas and others say, well, we need to check how much do you pay for a slave in those distant lands where they do sell slaves. So how does one define Kedai Demeyim? I think Kedai Demeyim is, what is reasonable? What do the Goyim usually ask for when they have a Jew in custody? But in our day and age, it's no longer about money. So what does Kedai Demeyim mean? Most other countries, America and Russia and others, when they trade prisoners, it's usually one for one. But the Arabs take advantage of the Jewish heart. We freed almost a thousand terrorists for one person for Gilad Shalit, and it happened as the times in the past. So I want to briefly summarize the difference between our dilemma and all the other questions in days of your from the Mishnah to the Gemara to the Shulchan Aruch to the Abbas, Maram Lublin, Marshal, going all the way down to the Knesset, Shecheskel, 300 years ago. It was always about money. It was never our enemies that would torture and kill. And therefore, it's a different question. And another difference is today, we're dealing with the sovereign state. Sovereign state might have different considerations. And many times when I am asked questions that we need to deal with a sovereign state running a mamlocha, I say, since the days of Shlomo HaMelech, we didn't have these dilemmas. So I deal a lot with questions from the police force just yesterday night. The chief rabbi of the police was with his entire team sat at this very table I am sitting right now and we dealt with very tough questions in times of war. And I say, since the days of Shlomo HaMelech, we didn't really have a running country. Even Bisman Bayesheni, the Romans ran this country and they were in charge. We only had a certain level of autonomy. It wasn't really us running the show. The last time we actually run a sovereign state was in the days of Shlomo HaMelech. And we don't have neither do we have and we have very few sources in Shas because in the days of the Mishnah and the Gemara we no longer were in charge of a Malchus and a Malchus legitimately has other considerations it is important for the morale of the army. Soldiers should know if I will be taken into custody. My country will do everything in their power to bring me home. That gives them motivation. That gives them courage. And a soldier needs to know I will be brought home. So there are many chilukim between what we need to deal with in our present times and all the sources. In the past, there was never our arch enemies. And it was all about money. And the people that were in custody, it was sad, it was tragic. 
but they weren't tortured and they weren't killed and they weren't murdered. And on the contrary, money is only money. But when you release terrorists, tragically, tragically, most of the terrorists released in the past went back to terrorist activities. So we saved one soldier, but we paid probably a price with hundreds of others. So this would be once again an interesting halachic question. Pikuach nefesh, which is immediate, right here and now, saving one life, but we might be putting many other lives in danger down the road. What would the halach be? So this is a totally separate discussion. So there are many considerations to be taken into account. Maybe one of the most important shuvahs written is a shuva, a very lengthy shuva written by Hagon Rebavani Yosef, and another that it deals with the Entebbe raid. And it is interesting, Ravavadia writes that he and a group of the greatest Gedolim came together at the time. And they were Yabia Omar, a very lengthy Jew. And he writes that he got together, and I think the government asked for a rabbinical opinion. And he got together with Maronam Verabonan, Rabbi Yoshev Ripshim Zamanoy, Machabitzal Shoti, Rabbi Leze Goldschmidt, and Rabbi Vanya. Those were some of the greatest Gedali Yerushalayim, some of the Choshev Sidayonim Yerushalayim. And they decided to give the government a green light to negotiate. And if the government decides to free prisoners, they should do so. And then Aravivadi writes, when they were still in the middle of their deliberations and discussions, the prime minister notified them that the Israeli forces went down to Entebbe, as we all know, and miraculously, Nisim and Aflois freed more than a hundred hostages. Two Jews paid with their lives. One civilian, one officer, Yoni Netanyahu, Prime Minister's brother. But they freed more than 100. And Rav Avadia writes at the very last paragraph of this lengthy chuva, if you could scroll to the end of this chuva, it's about 20 big pages, the very fast last paragraph. And he writes with this beautiful lesson. Because Rabbi Vaidya has such an amazing control of Russian Kodesh, and he writes so beautifully. I just want to read this paragraph. And then writes, 
מנשורם קרו, מרו יזכרו, והגדילו לעשויס, ואיזה שם יסבורך לעצל, לכוכם למובס. והביאו לי יסור ברינו ושמחסו אל המרוי שם, כי אין מצר להשם להושיע ברב ובמעד. בורך פה ידע מצר, כי גובר עלינו חסדוי, ואמס השם לאילום, הללויה, בורך המכבי שמו יברבים. And this is such a beautiful paragraph, full of emuna in betoch, and I'm thanking Yekovish Bobo for Nisim and Benefois. So my conclusion is, this is a totally different situation, and whatever, it is really for governments and for armies to decide. So we do have halakhe guidelines, the importance of pikuach nefesh, doing everything to save and to sell. And I think that the chashash of freeing hundreds of terrorists who will once again engage in terror is probably the most important consideration. Right now we are confronted with an unbearable situation. It's not one or two people, it's more than 200 people. Children, babies, elderly. So I think we need to do everything to try to bring them home. On the other hand, we need to do everything to destroy our enemies and to see to it that such a horrific, horrific catastrophe and tragedy should never happen again. So we could only lift our eyes to the heavens and dab into a Kodesh Boch. Kodesh Boch was a kelrachu mevachanu. We don't know how. Nobody knows what to expect in this war. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu should bring all his children home safely. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should bring them all home L'chaim V'lesimcha V'lesholam. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give Siyata Dishmaya to all the soldiers that are Moisa Nefesh I quoted a few times this week, Rab Chaim Shmuelevitz. Hagon Rab Chaim Shmuelevitz, one of the greatest teachers of Torah of our time. In Sichas Musar, a Shmuz that he said, Erev Chag Esukas Tavshin Lamedana, that was right in the midst of Malchem Esurim Kippuri. And he says, those young soldiers that are Moisa Nefesh, they put their lives in danger. To save other Yidin are like Harug Elud that the Gemur and Tanis describes who sacrificed their lives to save Yidin. The Enkol Briya Yochalamuit Bimchitzoson, says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. They're so high up in Shomayim. Enkol Briya Yochalamuit Bimchitzoson. And Reb Chaim says, Ein Gavul, there is no limit. And our chiyav to daven for them. So please daven and learn, not only for the soldiers, but for kol yoshvei eretz kodesheni. This is our war. It's not the war of the IDF. It's the war of kol yoshvei eretz asor. It's the war of the Jews in the entire world. These are enemies of Hashem. These are enemies that say. It is our war. 
So you in America, please daven for us, learn for us. We need Torah and we need Tfilis. In my shul, we say three perkei teilim after every tefillah. Perkhof, Yahweh Hashem Yerinzorom, Kuf Lamed Nemamakim Korosich Hashem. These two program and general programs that we always say the Shast Tzor. But I also asked in my shul and many other shuls that every day we should say Pei Gimel. Pei Gimel is the only Perik in Tilim that deals specifically with war. When the enemies of Israel, when the enemies of Krali saw, and this happened, Simchas Torah, and they were successful. And they say, What happened, Simchas Torah? is such an awful tragedy. I paid some shiva visits to Tzadikim who lost their children. And today, I became acquainted with such a tragic story. A 90-year-old woman, a Holocaust survivor, was left alone. Her children and grandchildren murdered brutally and one of the kibbutz him in the south, She escaped the Germans. She escaped the Nazis to come to Erzsel, only to have her family destroyed, an entire family, in the same fashion as the Germans did, in the same fashion. Same barbarians. Who would believe in Erzsel with our own army? That this would ever happen again. So it's a terrible midasadin, and we should daven and learn. The entire Jewish world is learning and davening. We should only be zeicha to the seiris teiris. Kodesh Bochi yad bir oyvenu tachetenu. Shemish mechama. Kodesh Bochi should be the Jewish soldiers that are moisa nefesh, and we should be zeicha. Benotati shalom ba'oritz. My dear friends, you should always be my vassal, the service, the service, the choice, the choice. Call to.